A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage. That lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. We all miss WCW. When it was good, it was great. The problem being that when it was bad, it was absolutely terrible. And it didn't make any sense. Oh, how did that no DQ match end? That's right with a disqualification. His tag team scene could be strange too, as often the powers that be seem to totally forget they even had one. Probably why at times, it gave birth to some of the following. But I am sorry for what culture, please do hit that subscribe button. And yes, this is the 10 worst WCW tag teams ever. Number 10, The Outsiders. We shall start with a controversial one just to light a fire under your ass, because Kevin Nash and Scott Hall obviously were a major part of WCW's success. Feeling like invaders taking it to the competition, it's why they were called The Outsiders. I'm not going to explain it, it's pretty obvious. They had some bangers too when it came to their scraps and were worthy champions. The problem started once WCW had started to jump the shark. For one, Scott Hall's personal problems didn't do anybody any favors, and rather than get him the help he would need, World Champion wrestling kept putting him on the show and by that time nash had just decided he couldn't really be that bothered and when he was motivated he was a super smart worker but when he couldn't he kind of just stood there like a tree you can easily contest this one but that's the point get into those comments but i am grading things on a curve the outsiders were so talented they had the ability to smash it every time if only they had wanted number nine chronic brian clark and brian adams seemed made for each other i mean they both sounded like they worked in accounts but were also big beefy dudes they look like they could kick your ass. For one reason or another, though, when it came to in-ring chemistry, well, let's just say it was uneven. Whether it was due to the fact they weren't keen on selling for their opponents or that they seemed to get lost here and there, a lot of their matches were a bit strange. They got away with it due to their size, but I think what sums it up is when they went to WWE during the invasion. Management saw them in one match and told them they had to go to developmental to get up to speed. They said no, and out the door they went. Looking back in 2021... They probably should have gone. Number eight, the Marmalukes. This one mostly comes down to the gimmick and the stories the Marmalukes were caught up in. I mean, their manager was called Tony Marinara because they were all Italian and this was the name of a pasta sauce. I swear, WCW. We really should shout out Big Vito who really did do his best here to make this a late in the day success story, but he was always fighting against the absolute nonsense management had in place. For example, after the team had done away with Disco Inferno as their leader, Marinara told us the dancing man owed his family money, otherwise he was going to go sleep with the fishes. Or kill him! And yes, once again, they may have just come out saying, hey, we're Italian. Did we ever get the payoff to this, though? Of course we did. 
did it. Tony just vanished in 2000 before he turned up at ECW and it was just so dumb. We haven't even mentioned Johnny the Bull. This was just wrestling going back to all the nonsense it should have been moving away from. Number 7. Shane Douglas and Buff Bagwell Well, what do you know? WCW goes WCW again. If anybody knows why Shane Douglas and Buff Bagwell were teamed together, please do get in touch because it honestly went like this. At Spring Stampede 2000, they were a pairing and actually won the tag team titles. They defeated Ric Flair and Lex Luger of all people to do it and fans thought, okay, both guys have kind of been lost in the singles division, why not? Well, because we weren't actually going to do anything with this. Douglas began feuding with Flair, even getting the help from son David, and then when Shane was told to defend the belts on a main Nitro, he wasn't even teaming with Buff. The wall was substituted in, which made no sense, and then they lost to Chronic. Were they actually the champs, though, given they'd only beaten one half of the title holders? Apparently, this was terrible. Number six, Rick Steiner and Kenny Chaos. And it's another team where it's just the sheer lunacy that ensures they get in this list. I mean, who was making these decisions? But yes, at Halloween Havoc 1998, Rick Steiner defeated the Giant and Brother Scott to become the tag team champions. Now, once again, it doesn't make any sense, and it got more weird, because the next night on Nitro, he just walked out and said, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you, Kenny Chaos is now my tag team partner. Talk about setting a dude up to fail. This was proven true too, and after one successful defense, Rick got injured, and they had to give up the belts. All of this somehow too took three months and i never want to have to go through it again number five sting and the giant sounds quite good on paper doesn't it especially today two legends teaming up to take the tag team scene by storm we will never know if this was true though because once again they were never given a chance it's back to 1998 we go for this one in the slamboree pay-per-view and yes the icon and soon-to-be big show won the tag team titles they only did this when opponents the outsiders imploded as hall turned on nash and then for some reason the stinger and the tall man split two I still don't know. They then fought to see who was going to get ownerships of the belt, with Sting winning and choosing Kevin Nash as his new best friend. This is actually hurting my brain. It was hard enough trying to keep up with this as a fan, but can you imagine if you were new? You'd have been baffled and switched off, which is what a lot of people did. And give me a couple of minutes, and then we're going to get back to this farce. And before the public enemy. In ECW, Johnny Grunge and Rocco Rock were heroes. They ruined themselves for the cause and are partly responsible for this obsession with tables in pro wrestling. But boy, were they fun. I mean, it's terrifying in 2021 due to the amount of chair shocks they take to the head. I suppose it was a different time. WCW would eventually pick them up, and because they actually wanted them to wrestle, well, it didn't really work. Their matches would either fall apart quite quickly, or they were put in situations like this. They won the titles in 1996 after defeating Harlem Heat, and then one week later, Booker T and Stevie Ray won them back. Many would claim they were just too backyard for this kind of stage, but I say poppycock to that. If you know what their strengths are, why don't you play to them? WCW did anything but. Number three, Sting and Kevin Nash. So we did put a little bit of a buffer in there for some fun, but yes, do not forget how these two became a team. What chance did they flip and have? It also just meant the titles took a backseat constantly. Even though they were the champions, they were both embroiled in singles feuds, and that's how they became unstuck. Bret Hart cost Sting and Nash due to the hitman hating the Stinger at the time for doing the sharpshooter and calling it the Scorpion Deathlock. It had only been a month too from when Sting had anointed Nash before this happened, so once again, the belts were just being hot potatoed around the place. That was that too. 
they never sought revenge for this. Scott Hall and the Giant were then the champions, and that was also bonkers, because more often than not, they would defend the belts with different partners. Sheesh. Number two, creative control. I mean, the name right away gives this away. It is just a slap in the face. Ron and Don Harris were oddly good at staying employed throughout the Monday Night Wars, starting as the DOA and then jumping ship and taking on this bizarre gimmick. It got worse when their new names were Gerald and Patrick, which, yes, was an inside nod to Jerry Briscoe and Pat Patterson, and you can just smell Vince Russo here, probably laughing his ass off backstage alone. And sure, they did with the tag team titles twice, but this clocked in at a total of 16 days combined. Do you see what I mean about WCW not caring? They really really didn't. Number one, Bret Hart and Goldberg. Two of the biggest legends in wrestling history, and this is what WCW chose to do honestly. For one, there was no logic as Hart and Goldberg have been feuding almost since day one, and yet by magic, all of a sudden we were meant to think they could coexist as a team. The Hitman was also the world champion at the time, so that ruined this even further. And do you want to know how long they were champions for? I'll give you a second. That's right, seven days. Six days later, they were then fighting at Starcade, and yes, this is when Bill booted Bret in the head so hard, he ended his career. None of this was fun, and was the stereotypical writing on the wall they were never going to recover. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.